0: Welcome to the Be tween Podcast.
1: This is where we encourage tweens to be bold, be honest, and be the best they can be.
0: I'm Ryland,
1: And I'm Ryland's Nana, Jill.
0: And we are the hosts.
1: And we're so glad you're here.
0: Hey, friends, we're talking about how people are smart today.
1: And our guest is Dr. Kathy Cook, the author of the Eight Great Smarts book.
0: Welcome to the Between Podcast, Dr. Kathy. Can you tell us a little about yourself and where you
2: live? I would love to. Thanks for having me on the podcast. First of all, I want to say thank you because it's exciting. I live in Fort Worth, Texas, where it is about 80 degrees today. So to those of you who are listening, <laughs> where it's not that warm, I get it. I used to live in Green Bay, Wisconsin, so I understand. You have chosen to live there where it's colder. Uh, but I love, <laughs> I love living down here. And... Um, what else did you ask me a little bit about myself? I'm actually, I'm single and more than satisfied, Ryland. I love kids, but I don't have any of my own. I love to help others figure out how to love their children well. I love your age group. When I get to be in front of kids your age in schools and churches, there's high energy and a lot of enthusiasm for life. So it's really going to be fun to talk with you about how you are smart.
1: Mm, I love that, and yes, it is very cold here right now. Yeah,
0: it's freezing.
1: We live in Illinois, and it has been quite chilly today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you for sharing that. So I heard that you were tall when you were my age. Was that hard for you to be taller than um, the other kids your age?
2: That's a great question. Uh, yes, at times it was Rylan. I stood out in a crowd. I had a hard time. Sometimes fitting in, it was hard to hide. And do you know what I mean by sometimes you just want to hide? Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't want all of your eyes, everybody's eyes on you. And I was clumsy. I don't know if you know that if your legs grow fast, sometimes the tendons don't catch up and there's a tendency to be clumsy. So the joke is that I used to trip over things that weren't even there. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, that's embarrassing. And I couldn't fit in the desks well. I don't know if anybody listening, have you ever had that experience where you're sitting in a chair and, you know, it's too small for you? And, you know, it's just uncomfortable. And and so it was it was challenging at times. I'm really glad that I was able to problem solve with my mom and dad and get some help for that attitude because I couldn't change my height. What am I going to do? Cut off the lower part of my leg? Not (laughs) happening.
0: (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) It's hard to be different. What what would you say Mm -hmm. to a tween like me to... um, it feels different in some way.
2: Well, that's a great question, sweetheart, because everybody is different, right? We're all created uniquely and strategically by an intentional God. So it might be, you know, the color of our skin, it might be curly hair when everybody else in your small group has straight hair, it might be your height, uh, as in my case, it might be the type of family you come from. Maybe there's someone listening who has one mom and everybody else in her. Small group has a mom and a dad, and it's just awkward at times. And so we need to accept what is. You know, your grandmother and I wrote about uh, grieving what isn't and accepting what is. I think it's really important that you young girls and guys get in touch with your heart. It's okay to feel the pain. Don't live in the pain. But feel what is awkward. And most importantly, if if we can change what makes us stand out, let's change it. You know, I love that we can we can change, we can change what we can change. And we need to change our attitude. I think, Ryland, we need to change our attitude toward the things that can't change, like my height. And get help for that. We got to reach out and say, "Mom, my heart hurts." You know, grandpa, would you help me? Maybe you've got I had a brother I loved who was really on my side that I could reach out to, and we need to do that.
1: So, how did your parents help you come to grips with your height? Dr. Kathy, you know, because they couldn't change it either, but they changed something. They changed, they helped you change your perspective with it or how did they help you?
2: You know, the first thing they did was they listened to me, which meant that I was willing to talk. And I think that's so important that all of us are willing to talk and to share our story and to share, you know, what's frustrating and what's concerning us and what's keeping us up at night. So I talked, they heard, they didn't judge me as being, you know, out of touch and they enrolled me in tap dance class. So um, Ryland, on Friday after school, I got to stay for dance lessons and I learned ballet and jazz and tap. And that's why I'm no longer clumsy, you know, because I became coordinated. And then what I say, which is true, was because I was the tallest girl, I got to be the center of the back row because the teacher wanted it to be symmetrical and cute. So I was the center and then all the shorter girls stood on either side of me. And all of a sudden, it was cool to be that tall. And the girls accepted me. It it wasn't a problem anymore. And so it's that idea that we problem solve uh, and we listen with a heart to influence and to change when we can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, Rylan, this makes me think about um, you and I just did an episode about comparison. And we were talking about that when we compare, we either compare to To measure or to treasure. Mm. And so, what so Dr. Kathy would compare, and at first she was measuring, like she was measuring herself and going, Oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm super tall, and everybody else is shorter, and I wish I was more like them. But those tap classes helped her to begin to treasure her tallness, right? Isn't that cool? So, you can really see how that how you can live that
2: out. I love those words. Can I tell you the rest of the story or do you have another yes. question you'd rather oh, ask? Oh no, let's do You know, that. Because Rylan, what, what's really important. What I love to tell your age group is we've got to live long enough to find out why we are the, who we are because we know in the knowing of our knowing that God does not make mistakes. Now, when I was your age, I didn't understand that, but now I do. And now my height helps me as a public speaker. I can be in the front of hundreds of people and stand behind a podium and be easily seen. Now, people like your grandmother who aren't as tall as I am can still be very, very effective speakers, but I do have an advantage Mm -hmm. of being able to be seen. And when I'm on airplanes, I don't have any trouble putting my suitcases in the overhead bin that is way up there. Mm -hmm. And so now I look back and I'm grateful that God chose to give me my height because there are times when it is to my advantage. I could be in a grocery store and a little old woman will ask me to get the green beans off the top shelf. (laughs) So it's even a chance for me to be a blessing to other people.
1: I love that. Well, talk about being different in comparison. Dr. Kathy, you wrote a book about how people are smart. And you say that there are eight different types of smarts. So can you share with us on why this is important for tweens to understand and even for their parents to understand?
2: Oh, I'd love to because, you know, back to comparison, a lot of tweens sit in school or in homeschool co-ops or even at a homeschool kitchen table with a brother. And we decide, hey, I'm not smart. My brother's this might be in math class and you discover that other kids memorize math facts way easier and quicker than you do. So then you decide you're not good at math. And that's not true. You are good at math differently from that other kid in the front of the, road, front of the room, if you will. So I'm passionate that we understand that all of us are smart according to God's will for us. Because you know what? If we don't think we're smart, we don't show up. If we don't think we're smart, I don't think we study as hard. You know, I don't know if you agree with that, Ryland. But I've taught to kids your age who think, no, it doesn't help me study. I'm stupid. But when you believe that you are smart and you are capable, then you decide, well, a little bit of effort is going to help me enjoy this and help me do a better job. So we've got to believe that we're smart. Make sense? Yeah,
1: that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. So can you tell us about each of the smarts and how we might be able to, to figure out if we have that kind of smart?
2: I would love to do that. First of all, Rylan, everybody has all eight. So it's really a matter of how much of that one do I have? Do I enjoy being smart in that way? Am I good at things that would require that kind of smart? So all of us have all eight. We have to choose to develop our entire selves, and that's why we go to school, and that's why we listen to our parents and all of that. Uh, but here are, here's a list of the eight. Um, word smart. When we're being word smart, we think with words. We probably like to uh, talk, read, listen, and write. So school probably does not come too hard to us. Number two is logic smart. When we're logic smart, we think with questions. We love it when things make sense. We probably like math and science. Number three is picture smart. Now, it doesn't mean it's the third most important. They're not in order that way. But the third one is picture smart. We think with our eyes in pictures. If you see a lot of pictures in your head, and if you remember things like maps and charts and graphs, then you're probably picture smart. And of course, if you like art. And then music smart. Those of us who are music smart think with rhythms and melodies and we enjoy music and we might be able to sing in tune or we play a piano or another instrument. And then we're also body smart because God is so generous to give us all these different ways of being smart When we're body smart, we think with movement and touch. So we're told all day, sit down, sit down, sit down, put that down, look at me. That's often (laughs) what we find out about, you know, body smart people. We're the movers and the shakers. We might like athletics and drama, and we might enjoy crafts that require us to be skilled with our hands. And then nature smart. When we're being nature smart, we think with patterns. That's how we know it's a blue jay and not a blue bird, an elm tree and not an oak tree. And we love to be outside and we prefer biology over maybe other kinds of science classes. And then there's two more that are so important. When we're being people smart, we think with other people. It's actually what we're doing right here on the podcast is asking and answering questions and generating ideas from other people. So being people smart, it's more than being a friend. It's thinking with other people. It's honoring other people's thoughts and having other people's thoughts contribute to your thinking ability. And then self-smart people think deeply inside of themselves. That's number eight. So those of you who are listening who have deep thoughts – and if you like quiet and peace, privacy and space, and you don't necessarily need to think with other people, you're content to think alone. That's because God made you to be very self-smart. Mm. So that's a quick look at all eight.
1: Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Do you think we could go and, and kind of dig into them a little bit more individually so people can maybe start to get an idea of how they are smart because they understand it a little bit more? Yeah.
2: Yeah, let's do that. Should we start with WordSmart? Yes. All right. Well, WordSmart, the reason I put that one first is that it really is the one that I call the school smart. Because if you think about traditional school days, mm-hmm. we read, write, talk, and listen all day long. So these are the kids, Rylan, who probably feel the smartest, but aren't necessarily the smartest when it comes to life. Because again, it's not about comparing, it's about developing who you've been created to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of us who are word smart, though, we like to read. We don't mind writing. We might actually enjoy vocabulary. I, when I was your age, I loved new words. I actually, now this is going to shock some people, but I enjoy the thesaurus. Ooh.
1: Some people might not know what a thesaurus is, Dr. Kathy. What is a thesaurus? Oh,
2: how can How can you not know my favorite (laughs) book? And now, now you go, you know, now you go online and you figure it out. But a thesaurus is a book of words, not a dictionary that defines the word, but it's a book that tells you other words that mean the same thing. So if you look up the word pretty, you'll find beautiful, gorgeous, stunning. Mm. And so it's a way to expand your vocabulary, which makes you a better writer. And I, when I was a kid, I thought words are so fun. You know, if an elephant is gigantic, a mouse is small. Mm -hmm. But if an elephant is enormous, then a mouse is tiny. I mean, it's just fun to play with words. Like how many adjectives can you put in front of the word ball? There was a ball. That's really boring. Well, there was a blue underinflated bright blue ball, bigger than the moon that bounced wildly down the winding road. (laughs) Now that's a sentence. And that's a sentence that a word smart and picture smart child might write. So that's a little bit of word smart. We read, write, speak and listen. We enjoy words. And by the way, when I was your age, I enjoyed the thesaurus. I won the library reading award in the summer for reading more books than anybody else. And guess what I do now? I write books. Before
0: we move on, I actually just learned about the thesaurus yesterday for school.
1: Oh, you did? <laughs>
0: yeah. And
1: i was like, wait, what? <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, <laughs>
2: it's a small world. It
1: is. It is. Yeah. So, yes. So, I guess you must be word smart because you love those words and you, I mean, you said everybody's word smart to a degree, but that's yeah. one of your higher ones because that excites you, Dr. Kathy.
2: Right. And if I can say something else, Rylan, that I would really it's such a privilege to be with you today. You know, those of us who are word smart, we use our words often. We use them well if we have a heart of gold. Because if you're listening and you're word smart like me, you can gossip, tease, name call, Ooh. impress with your vocabulary. I could always want the last word in a conversation. But that's not the way we honor each other. And because I'm word smart, I could have done that as a kid. And I certainly did it to an extent because I'm human. My parents did not raise me to be quiet. They raised me to use the gift I have of the words in me for good and not evil. And that's why I'm loving this being on your show today, because every kid who's listening needs to understand that I can use this gift I have, and it is a gift. God did not need to give it to you, and He chose to give it to you. And you can use it to do really good things with it, like to encourage and tell the truth and speak up for yourself and protect others with your words. Or you can choose to be really evil in your intent and gossip and lie to our parents, and that's not appropriate.
1: Yeah. So we, so sometimes our strengths can be used for not good things, and we got to be careful about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Absolutely. Okay. So word smart. All right. The next one. Did you say logic smart?
2: Yeah. Let's talk about being logic smart. It, the reason I teach at second is it's also a really good smart to have in what I would call traditional school, because what do we do all day, Ryland? What do you do all day? Ask and answer questions, right? Yeah. Or probably answer questions and somebody else asks them, you uh-huh. know, the teacher either on a piece of paper or from the front of the class, you know, Ryland, what's, their, what's the right answer? So children like you who don't mind questions, who are able to think, question and answer and go up to their head and find the right answer to that question are, are more logic smart. And we tend to like math because we love it when the world makes sense and two plus two is always four. And so there's something logical about that. We like science if we're uh, logic smart because we love to discover things. So I don't know if any of you, like if your mom says, you know, don't put those chocolate chips in the bowl yet. You're like, Ooh, what's going to happen if I put them in now? This is going to be really cool. And you put them in because, you know, your brain is like, I just want to know. <laughs> and it's not always good, right? And obedience is good. Uh, but I don't know if you can relate to that.
1: Oh, do you think that you can relate to that? Uh, <laughs> yep.
2: I bet there's a story that somebody could tell.
1: <laughs> yeah. So how do we use logic smart in a wrong way, Dr. Kathy, like, you know, in the same way you talked oh, about words, question. how can we, how do we use that in a wrong way? Do, do we become argumentative?
2: Oh yeah. Cause we want to have, we want things to make sense. And so when mom says do it this way, we're like, why, why go to bed? Why, why, why? So we don't need to always understand. This is called authority and this is called submission where we understand our parents and our teachers and our pastors are ahead of us on, on purpose. And so we don't always need them to defend their decision. Uh, sometimes we just have we have to choose to humble ourselves, turn off our head, turn on our heart, choose to be obedient, even though the logic part of us wants to know. I also think that we create problems for other people to solve. Mm. Those of us who are logic smart, we love to solve problems. We're good problem solvers. That's a great skill set. Yeah. But you know what? If I want to be mean to my brother or if I want to irritate my dad... I can create a problem that's going to mess him up and and it's not going to be pretty, but I could do it. Wow.
1: Yeah. I mess with my brother a lot. (laughs) There's some honesty there.
2: (laughs) I appreciate that.
1: All right. So we've got word smart and logic smart. Okay. Let's dig into the next one. Picture smart.
2: Yeah. Picture smart. Picture smart. I want this is gonna. This is good timing to talk about all three of these together. So when we are being picture smart, remember all of us can be all eight of these. So when we are being picture smart, we think with our eyes in pictures in our head and on paper. So we're the kids who might turn the page and look at the picture first and then the words. Yeah. In in a history like book, them. we might be attracted to the map. You like pictures?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you like to draw too? Right? Yeah. Do you like to draw? Yeah, I
0: love to draw. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. that's great that's that's god's choice to give you a picture smart ability and the use of color and design and my guess is that if you close your eyes you could see the picture you created where for me i'm not as picture smart i close my eyes and i see the word on the page believe it or not as boring as that might sound to you that's the way that my my brain works so the picture smart when you guys are picture smart you, are, you have a more creative bent in color and design and even things like your clothing in your bedroom and asking your mom for a new bedspread for Christmas because you're sick of the color of your bedspread. I mean, that's a picture-smart delight. You also tend to enjoy fiction because when you read the story, it, the action comes alive. Is that true for you? Do you see what you read? Yeah,
0: I, that's actually, um, when I read novels, I always like see the words and I imagine what would happen.
2: Exactly. And so you enjoy it because you see it where I don't enjoy this is I'm just going to be honest here. I read and write for a living. I don't read a lot of stories. I don't read a lot of novels because I'm not very picture smart. It's probably the seventh or eighth for me if I were to make a list. So I think with more of a logic smart bent. So the creative storytelling doesn't engage my mind. I don't see the sheriff getting mad at the thief. I don't see the explorer putting his big toe in the Mississippi River. So history is something that's a bit harder for me. Those of you who are picture smart probably enjoy history more because you see the battle. You see the explorer. You can see the dress the girl is wearing, Mm. even though you're not seeing any pictures on the page. That's a beautiful thing God gave you. Now, let me tell you something. Picture smart also helps with spelling. So one of the things that's really cool, Rylan, is that all of the smarts work together. So as an example, I'm not a terribly good speller. I've written six books. I write all of the time. But the English language is ridiculous. <laughs> like if there's supposed to be an E, can, can I, yeah, please laugh. I mean, if there's supposed to be an E at the end of the word to make the first vowel long, put it there. Mm-hmm. But it's not always there, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're supposed to double the consonant before you add the suffix, you should do it all of the time, but you don't always. And so, the, because I'm very logic smart, I want the rules to work. And I and my brain is like, you can hear it in my voice. It's like this is ridiculous. Like even my last name, we spe- it's spelled K O C H. We pronounce it Cook. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, right? And so the English language is confusing. And the other reason that spelling is a challenge for me is I'm not terribly picture smart, so I don't remember what the word looked like the last time I saw it. Were there two s's or two p's? Yeah. Was that a c or a k? And so, if somebody's listening, please, please hear my heart. You're not stupid. if Spelling is a challenge for you. I'm not stupid. I have an earned. I went to college a long time. I'm well educated. I'm an author and a speaker, and you know I could go on and on. It's, but the point is. That just because spelling is a challenge doesn't mean I'm stupid. And, Rylan, I never say I'm a bad speller. And I never say I can't spell. And I never say spelling is hard. All of those are lies. Mm. There's a lot of words that are easy to spell. There's a lot of words I know how to spell. By the way, one of the reasons I like a thesaurus, where you can find other words that mean the same thing, is you can find words you don't know how to spell that you can use to make your writing more vibrant.
0: Mm hmm
2: Right? So if somebody's listening, man, I'm not good at this. So if I were wanting to learn to spell a word, let's say there was a word I need to use often, and I want to be able to get it right. Because I'm not as picture smart, I have to slow down and concentrate. And I might say out loud because I'm word smart, S C. C. There's a C. The C shouldn't be there. The S is doing its job, but somebody put a C there, S C. And I might say that, and I might say it dramatically because that's my word smart strength, and that that fights against the logic and gives me a picture in my head of S.C.
1: Mm. Does that make
2: sense? So these smarts, we can use all the smarts to, to, if you will, get smarter or do better on our academic work, which I I pray you all want to do.
1: Yeah,
0: Like we're all smart in different ways, and Mm. we all have differences, Mm -hmm. but they're all like beautiful. (laughs)
2: that's a perfect adjective to use. They are beautiful and they're right. They're not wrong. They're right. And what we Rylan, we cannot let our weaknesses win. Yeah. Right. Thank you for saying yes. Because if I was a weaker person, I would say, well, spelling is kind of a challenge. And so I'm not going to write a book. Hmm. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. If God gave me a message that he has told me other people need Because it will be a blessing to them that I need to bucket up, get out a dictionary, get out a thesaurus, ask my friends to edit my work and write the book. I'm not going to sit down and go, oh, spelling is hard. No, you do the hard things.
1: Right. That's
2: part of growing up. Yeah,
1: that's really important. Mm
2: -hmm. I think so.
1: We probably have time for one more smart. Do you have time to share one more smart with us?
2: Let's do it. Let's talk about being music smart. This is another kind of creative smart in the fine arts area. Music smart people think with rhythms and melodies. We might enjoy music. You know, all the smarts start with interest, and then they go to ability. So if the interest is paid attention to, then ability will rise up. So there might be some kids your age listening who simply like music and aren't good at it. That's fine. We don't need to be all good at all of these. In my case, I did grow up in a music smart family, so I I knew how to play many instruments. Music is still something I really enjoy as a point of kind of enjoyment and relaxation and recreation. Um, We might sing in tune. We might play instruments. We might simply enjoy music. It might be the thing that you do for your career, or it might be the thing that you do with your friends. And that's part Mm -hmm. of what's really cool about knowing how you're smart. It's not just about doing well in school, even though right now for your age or island, that's got to be your passion because your job right now is to learn all that you can and all the ways that you can and all the ways that you can. Yes, but maybe as you're older. It'll become something that you simply enjoy, and that's 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 okay. It's a gift.
1: Yeah, boy, I've never thought about that as your job. It's your job right now to learn all that you can. Yeah, it's your job. (laughs) Yep. Oh, this has been so helpful, Doctor Kathy. But our time is up, and we've just covered four of them. Would you be willing to come back and in another episode talk about the other four so that we can understand them a little bit better?
2: It would be my honor to do that for sure
1: good.
0: <laughs> well, before we go, I'm sure there's some parents listening that might want to know where they can find you online.
2: Oh, thank you, Ryland. Uh, celebratekids.com. So my ministry is Celebrate Kids and our website is celebratekids.com and I'm all over, you know, the social the typical social media sites that people can find us there as well. Uh, the book is 8th grade smarts and that's available where you buy good Christian literature.
0: Thank you for such good information, Dr. Kathy. I look forward to our next episode so we can hear about the rest of the smarts.
2: Super, thank you.
1: Thanks for joining us on the b Podcast. Want to know when a new episode drops? Make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode comes out.
0: Until next time, be bold, be honest, and be the best you can be.